Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Ladies and gentlemen, Monsieur and Madame, welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. We may be the home of the brave here in the United States, but you have got to admire the toughness of the Ukrainian people. When Putin... When Putin launched his monstrous war, everyone was saying Kyiv would fall within 48 to 72 hours, but it is day 15 and they are still standing strong. Even moving. Inspirational. Even with 150,000 of Putin's soldiers in the country, the Russians control at most about 10% of Ukraine. Hey, Putin, how you like them turnips? (laughs) So far... The Ukrainian military says they have shot down or destroyed 48 Russian airplanes and 80 helicopters, captured or destroyed 303 Russian tanks and hundreds of mechanized vehicles and cars, and have taken out two Russian naval vessels. That's got to especially sting. That... That's got to especially sting Putin. We all know how proud he is of his naval. (laughs) And get this. The Ukrainians didn't sink just any ship because the Russian warship that was told to go itself at Snake Island has been destroyed. So... Wow. So... It may not have done exactly what the Ukrainians wanted, but it did go down on itself. (laughs) The failure... The failure of the vaunted Russian war machine to overwhelm the much smaller Ukraine has shocked the world. After seeing this slow progress, one of Russia's former combat leaders gave this assessment. You will lose. Apparently, Russia's military problems go deep. Early in the invasion, we learned that some troops crossed the border with MREs that expired in 2002. It's, it's never a good sign when your dinner is old enough to enlist. The Russians are also apparently low on fuel, which could be why their giant convoy remains stuck in a column around 20 miles outside of Kyiv that has barely moved since last week. Ha ha! <laughs> They're stuck in a tank conga line. <laughs> Come and check your body, Putin. Do the conga. No, you can't stay in power any longer, Vlad. <laughs> Got some reciprocal action back here. Even, <laughs> even with the convoy, even when the convoy does get moving, it's been slowed down by what military experts have described as cheap Chinese tires, which were a bad copy of the Michelin XZL military tire. They've even got their own bootleg mascot, the Marshallin Fellow. 
Marshall and Fallow. Which, which, why is Russia using such cheap equipment? Well, Russia's foreign minister, a former foreign minister of Russia, says that while Putin has dedicated billions of dollars to modernizing Russia's forces, much of that budget was stolen by oligarchs and spent on mega yachts in Cyprus. And now that his inner circle is rich, Putin can't rely on them because maintaining a luxurious lifestyle disincentivizes top security officials from giving expert advice that might disappoint the autocrat. That's right, they're playing Russia's most popular game. Ivan, tell the oligarchs what they stand to lose. If you make Putin mad, you could lose your life! As well as your luxurious Bruy Hill sex boat! Sex boat, the boat for making sex! Back to you, Stefan! Thank you, Yvonne. But... Sex boat. Sex boat. But the biggest reason the Russian military is bogged down is the casual courage of their Ukrainian opponents. Case in point, check out this footage of an explosive disposal team disarming a Russian mom with nothing but their hands and a bottle of water. First of all, this is maybe the bravest thing I've ever seen. Second, can you imagine how good this guy is at Jenga? <laughs> He's pulling out that bottom block on the first round. Come on! You can tell these guys are pros because they put that little sheet over the bomb. <laughs> a little blanky, a little blanky. That way, if you can't defuse it, you just sing it a lullaby and it'll fall asleep. <laughs> and also, let us not overlook the bravery of the cameraman here. He doesn't have... Why, do they not have tripods in Ukraine? I'm good, I'm good. I got a new, uh, new screen projector on, that's fine. <laughs> it's not just trained soldiers. Everyday Ukrainians are stepping up to defend their homeland, and a new group just joined the fray because Ukrainian ballerinas are leaving the stage for the front lines. Putin doesn't stand a chance. These are the same people who took down the Mouse King. <laughs> and it's not... Drosselmeyer! Herr Drosselmeyer! It's not the first instance of ballerinas going to war. Who can forget the classic video game Call of Duty Black Swan. <laughs> Check out the incredible transformation of Kiev Ballet's principal dancer, Oleksiy Potyomkin. Here he is on stage, already packing some heat. <laughs> and here he is ready for battle. Jimmy, can we zoom out? Okay, that's impressive. <laughs> that's really impressive. <laughs> More and more companies are pulling their investments out of Russia, like Nestle, makers of KitKat, Smarties, and Arrow. So goodbye, weird Euro chocolate bars. <laughs> Next year's Russian Halloween is gonna be even more dismal than usual. Trick or treat, yay, is potato. <laughs> you gotta get T-shirts made up, is, is potato. Another food company bowing out is Yum Brands, the parent company of KFC. That's right, Russia. You've incurred the wrath of one of America's most decorated officers, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> His vengeance will be extra crispy. Don't make us send in Captain Crunch. <laughs> With juice, toast, and milk, he's part of a balanced whoop-assing. 
Russians uh, will still be able to get their favorite food, cigarettes, because <laughs> Camel said their business there will continue to operate. Well, that's lucky, because at this point, Camel Cash is worth more than the ruble. <laughs> Given all they've been through, it's no surprise that hate for Putin's Russia has consumed Ukraine, and hate is a powerful emotion. We all remember the famous scene from Star Wars. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate Putin, I do. Suck it, Vlad! Suck it! You should. Wow. Yo, wow. It finally worked. <laughs> New York Times interviewed a Ukrainian psychologist about the feelings of her fellow citizens. She said... Anger and hate in this situation is a normal reaction and important to validate, but it is important to channel it into something useful, such as making incendiary bombs out of empty bottles. <laughs> that is a good therapist. Well, it sounds like your mother's constant pressure for you to have children touches on some unresolved anxiety. Have you considered cutting her brake cables? <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, meanwhile. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. John, uh, I'm, we, are, we are privileged this evening for our guests. We have a former ambassador from the United States mm -hmm. to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, is going to be here. She's got a new book called Lessons from the Edge. Yeah. She's many, 30 years in the State Department, many years in Ukraine. As a matter of fact, she was one of the people who testified in the first impeachment against the former president because she was the U.S. ambassador trying to get... Ah! Yes. ...the funds over there. Right, right. So they could fight the Russians. Um, folks, uh, later, also, I'll be giving the Colbert questionnaire to Martha Stewart. Is that true, yes? Oh, yeah. Is this true? Is this accurate? Mm-hmm. That's good. Folks, you know, I spend most of my time right over there with my ears, my mind, and my heart open to the day's biggest stories, auditioning and selecting only the most topical news oboes, the most relevant and lilting violas, rounding out with some noble French horns and insouciant bassoons, then composing and arranging the newsiest, most uplifting, yet bittersweet rondos, allegros, scherzos, and sonatas to present to you the timelessly moving yet informative postmodern opus number one symphony that is my monologue, but sometimes, sometimes, folks. I wake up at the wheel of a stolen cement truck, snort another rail of ketamine and bath salts, then I strip down and scamper through a cemetery trapping rats under rusty coffee cans. After an impassioned speech to them about their need to help me save an old theater, they accompany me on a raid to a preschool music room to steal its flutes, recorders, and kazoos, where I conduct the fugitive vermin philharmonic of news that is my segment. Meanwhile... Scherzo. The word scherzo has never been used on a late-night show before. It's the first. Scherzo. <laughs> Meanwhile... The internets are alight with the news that Elon Musk and Grimes have secretly welcomed their second child, which has many saying, wait, didn't they break up? And also, don't I not care? <laughs> Evidently, the girl's name is Exadark Sidereal. 
a move toward normal from their son, Phil. <laughs> Mother and baby are doing well, and that cat is sure getting better at walking across the keyboard. <laughs> Meanwhile, over 100 years after Ernest Shackleton's ill-fated voyage to the Antarctic ended with his ship getting crushed and sinking in the ice, the endurance has finally been found 10,000 feet below what the experts call the worst portion of the worst sea in the world. Amazing testament to the skill and determination of these archaeologists. And I just want to say, any chance you can come find my left AirPod? <laughs> It was tragically lost during an expedition to get up from the best part of the best couch in the world. <laughs> and find my phone just keeps finding the case. I know where the case is. I don't put the case in my ear. <laughs> Meanwhile, in rock and roll plumbing news, a toilet shaped like Metallica's Lars Ulrich has been acquired by a Danish museum. <laughs> now, obviously, obviously, it's lovely. I have only one design note. I think his arms should be open so he can embrace you when you're doing your business. <laughs> Thank you, Lars. I was so scared. <laughs> Meanwhile, a bizarre-looking bat that was thought to be a lost species has been rediscovered. Seems unfair to call the bat bizarre-looking in the headline. How bad could it... Holy big face! <laughs> Look at that, I want to say, chin? The Hills Horseshoe Bat has, has not been seen for four decades. One researcher said the facial features were exaggerated to the point of comical. Their findings will be published in the New England Journal of Hurting Animals' Feelings. <laughs> Meanwhile, scientists have used an algorithm to figure out what pigs are saying. After studying recordings of more than 7,000 grunts, they say they can match each sound to emotions such as being happy, excited, scared, or stressed. So pigs are capable of real, complex emotions. Well, it's nice to know my bacon understands how happy it's making me. <laughs> meanwhile... <laughs> meanwhile, a woman on a Norwegian cruise had a rough day when she hopped in the old water slide and did quite make it. Enjoy being cooked in the habit trail of death. Only thing worse that could happen to you on a cruise is everything else. Coming up, Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch. Late Show Poncho listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Folks, my guest tonight is the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, whose new book is called Lessons from the Edge. Please welcome Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch. <laughs> For the, for the folks who did not hear me talking about you at the, at the top of the last act, uh, they might remember you as uh, someone from the first impeachment of the former president. Impeachment classic, we call it. <laughs> but there you are giving testimony at the impeachment <laughs> And 
You, you served as ambassador to Ukraine from 2016 to 2019. Uh, Kyiv was your home. You worked alongside the Ukrainian people. As you've looked at the last two weeks, yeah. uh, this, this, this monstrous war that's been launched, what are your thoughts, uh, not only what's happening, but, but of the Ukrainian people? Yeah. Well, it's hard to believe that it's only been two weeks, right? I mean, there's the before two weeks ago and then the after period. And um, I've just been devastated. And I, I think that's a word that's been overused in the last couple of weeks. But it's, um, it's the accurate one to describe my, my feelings, because I feel like everybody I know in Ukraine has a target on their back, that um, Putin is going in and indiscriminately killing women, children. We saw pregnant women yesterday when there was a bombing in Mariupol of mm. the maternity hospital. So it's, it's, it's been pretty tough to, to watch and to try to support and um, uh, be in touch with people in Ukraine. But this is really about them. And um, the courage that they are showing that they will not allow uh, an autocrat to come into their country and dictate how they're going to live, no matter what the cost. I mean, it's been... You still have contacts in okay. Ukraine. What are you hearing from them? Uh, what do they want us to know? Well, I brought my phone. And let me just read uh, a text that I uh, got today from a friend who is uh, in the parliament. And it's a little long. I hope you'll bear with me. But this is direct from the Ukrainian people. Uh, we are outnumbered and outgunned in front of the aggressor. We lack air defense, anti-rocket, anti-tank systems, and basic protection gear for our military. We are increasingly threatened with chemical and tactical nuclear attacks. But with resolve, courage, and dedication to protect our motherland, our freedoms, and the rights we believe in, Ukrainian society is standing up to this barbaric terrorist war. We will fight till the last bullet and the last person, but we are pleading to the free world, that's all of us, to help us defend the values that the free world shares to stop this apocalypse. God help us, and God bless America. Straight from Ukraine. I am from uh, the generation like you are, where the idea of there being a free world in opposition to an autocratic world was an everyday part of the conversation, right. certainly in political conversations or foreign right. policy conversations. Are you surprised we're back where we are right now? In some ways, I am. But in, in other ways, having watched Putin over you know, the last uh, 20 years or so, uh, not so surprised. He's had an obsession with Ukraine He's made, uh, over the years. He has made clear that he, as you noted, doesn't believe that there are, is, is a distinct Ukrainian people or that there is a nation uh, that deserves to have a state. Um, and uh, recently, he's also noted that he thinks that the Soviet Union or the Russian Empire should be reconstituted. So if Putin isn't stopped now, I think he will continue to go on, because that's what the history has shown us. Georgia in 2008. Ukraine in 2014, and Ukraine again in 2022. If he's not stopped, he'll keep on going. But the other thing is that he um, has made clear that uh, the international rules-based order, which is also something familiar to our generation, um, kind of a system that was set up after World War II uh, for the rules of the road for how countries deal with each other, that that doesn't really work for him. He wants to be 
in a might makes right situation get whatever he wants. And that is a real threat, I think, to the free world because the rules-based international system has kept us freer, more prosperous, and more secure since World War II. And um, if Putin prevails, uh, I think we're going to see uh, a system that could very well have autocrats deciding what kind of rules we live by. And that would not be good for the United States. Your, your new book is called Lessons from the Edge. And in, in 2019, you yourself were the victim of a smear campaign. Rudolph Giuliani told the former president that you blocked efforts to get Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden, and you were then fired. Later, the July 25th call revealed that the president pressured Ukraine for those investigations by withholding military aid. How is all of that related to this war? Well, I think that what, um, what everybody saw with the, uh, the release of that, the transcript of what we now know is the perfect call, um, I think what we see is that Putin, like other autocrats around the world, and frankly, other bad actors around the world and in the United States, they realized that um, the former president was ready to um, use our national security for his own personal and political gain. You'll recall the phrase, um, you know, can you do me a favor, though? Yes. Um, so clearly the quid pro quo was there. And I think that really undermined um, our national security and our, um, our abilities to move forward when people could see that the President of the United States was ready to, you know, um, not be acting in the interests of the nation but in his own personal best interests. One of the things that Joe Biden has had to do in his first year is to patch our NATO alliance, mm -hmm. to let them know that we are committed and make That's sure that right. everybody else is committed. Putin wanted to undermine that. Yes. This war, of course, has brought NATO together in, in a show of strength that they, they haven't, um, probably since the Bosnian conflict. Right. Um, Many politicians in the United States on the right continue to support the, the previous president, and strangely, at times, Vladimir Putin himself. How does that strange fealty to autocratic tendencies undermine our position with our allies and our standing in the world? Well, I think, I think people really wonder what is, what is going on here in the United States. What when is it, going on here <laughs> in the United States? I wish I knew and could tell you that's not one of the lessons. <laughs> uh, but it's... Um, it, it's, it's, it's worrisome that people would hold up Putin as a strong man and, and as somebody to be admired and emulated, people who should know better. Well, hopefully this will strip the mask off of him and people will have to face the horror that autocratic regimes are. That's what I hope as well, um, although it's coming at a very, very high cost, especially for Ukraine. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I will ask the ambassador about the first time she met President Zelensky. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy.
Lessons from the Edge, Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch. In the book, you write that you met Zelensky when he was a candidate. What were your first impressions? Well, I was expecting a funny guy to walk into the room because he's, he's a comedian. Mm -hmm. And um, he was very funny, but the point he wanted to make with me was that he was a businessman. He had set up a, he had established a um, media conglomerate, multi million dollar uh, enterprise, all based on his own talent and hard work, and he had executive skills. Um, soon thereafter, he announced that he would be running for the presidency, and it was clear uh, that the Ukrainian people were looking for something different. Um, they wanted to keep on going, you know, for their, um, in their democracy. What was, what was the appeal of a comedian? How bad were things in the po political landscape there that they went, well, let's give the clown a try? <laughs> Well, that's, uh, interestingly, there are um, similarities here in the, with the United States because the political establishment in Ukraine never believed and couldn't believe that Zelensky was actually going to win. You know, to outsiders, it was very clear what was going to happen. Kind of sounds uh, familiar, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that the Ukrainian people wanted to keep on going. They wanted to, um, they had the, the revolution of dignity, which means rule of law, everybody is treated equally. Uh, in 2014, they wanted reforms to continue. They wanted to look west. They wanted um, to have a liberal democracy so that they would have opportunities for their children and um, there wouldn't be corruption in the country. And while there were reforms, they never moved forward in a straight line. And so people got you know, restless and they were looking for the next candidate. And Zelensky had this TV show called A Servant of the People. And he played a teacher who all of a sudden, you know, through an accident of fate, became president. And then uh, life imitated art and he became the president of Ukraine. Um, and he was the protest candidate. He ran on a simple platform of we're going to end corruption and we're going to bring peace to Ukraine. Very simple, very uh, appealing messages. I, I, I notice you've got a bracelet here, rather unusual bracelet there. It is, yeah. Um, so. Can I, if you don't want to say it, I, I just noticed what it says. Yeah. Um, would you like to say what it says? I, I'm going to let you say that because I'm the diplomat. Well, <laughs> where did you get this bracelet? So this is a made in Ukraine um, bracelet and it says, you got this in Ukraine? I got it in Ukraine. What year did you buy this? Uh, I think in 2017, but I bulk ordered them, and I gave them to all visitors, including it says, our Congress people. It says, <laughs> you, Putin. <laughs> That's lovely. And it's for you. This part what? This one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. Before we go, are there, are there, are there any Ukrainian uh, sayings or quotes that inspire you? Because I know it has a long history of art and poetry and literature. It does. It has a, a long and proud and beautiful culture. And so, you know, when people ask me, how is it that the Ukrainian people are resisting like this? Um, I remind them about Taras Shevchenko, who was the poet laureate in the 1800s of, uh, and continues to be the country's most favorite um, poet. And his most famous line is, fight on and you will prevail. And that's what Ukrainian children are brought up on. Ambassador, thank you so thank much you. for being here. Thank you for this. Up next, Martha Stewart takes the Colbert Questionnaire.
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. My guest. My guest is an author, entrepreneur, and lifestyle expert here to take the Colbert Questionnaire. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Martha Stewart, everybody. Martha, thank you, thank you for coming back. Thank yeah, you I back. almost didn't. You almost didn't come back? <laughs> because our, our last date was too good? Too good. Now, uh, madam, you know why you're here. I really enjoy having you on the show. But like so many guests I really enjoy, we don't have enough time to actually really get to know each other, as, as true friends would. And, and so what we have done, the, the scientists in the Late Show Labs have come up with 15 questions scientifically designed in order to plumb the depths of a guest's soul so that at the end of it, you are fully known. Martha Stewart, are you ready to take I don't the Colbert know. questionnaire? Should I be? What? I don't know. If not, there's the door. <laughs> That's a challenge. What? It is. Well, I, I'm up for the challenge. Excellent. Thank you, Martha. This is a big one. Let's start off with a biggie. Martha Stewart, what is the best sandwich? Liverwurst on white bread with mustard and mayonnaise and lettuce. I did not see that coming. <laughs> what would you have thought? What would I have said? I would have said smashed Braunschweiger <laughs> with ketchup on wheat toast. Oh, really? <clears throat> I mean, as long as we're going liver. <laughs> What's the one thing you own that you should really throw out? Oh, I'm a hoarder. You're a hoarder? But a neat hoarder. You're a neat hoarder, sure. <laughs> so that, 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 that certainly leads to the question, what of the things that you're hoarding you should really throw out? Maybe old magazines. Not mine, but others. Like how old? Oh, I, I have many magazines. Many old magazines? Are you like the Collier Brothers, where you just have things stacked up oh, around I the house? Oh, I have the early Saturday evening post. Oh, really? Yeah. I have a lot of I have a lot of interesting. So matters. your house is a fire hazard, is what you're saying. <laughs> What's the scariest animal? Um, I'm not afraid of animals. Um, let's see what would be Shark. scary. Shark? No. Spiders. Sharks are lovely. No. Snakes. I'm not. I'm really not afraid of animals. Really? No. Tsetse fly. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. What about those worms that crawl into your eye? I'm not getting that close to that worm. Sometimes it's not up to you. <laughs> apples or oranges? Do I like or do you have I to like? Pick apples or oranges. Oranges. Okay. Okay. That is the wrong answer. Have you <laughs> have you ever asked someone for their autograph? Oh yes. Who? Who did you ask for that? Oh, I asked Snoop. Snoop. <laughs> Many times. Many Every, times? Everybody wants his autograph. Wow, and you've asked for it many times. Yep, I asked him many times. Did you keep losing it? Why no, do you I want more than one? No, I keep giving it to people who ask oh, for it. Oh, you give it to other people. Oh, I see. 
Have you ever asked for yourself for any, anyone? Um, Russell Crowe. Really? Did he give it to you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Where did you run into Russell Crowe? Uh, he was on my show. If I really liked the guys, I asked for their autograph. <laughs> I want to point out that I was on your show and you did not ask for my autograph. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh, caught. What do you think happens when we die? We go to heaven. Go to heaven? Mm -hmm. If we're good or everybody goes to heaven? No, only nice people. Favorite action movie? Favorite action movie? Oh, Dr. Strangelove. That, that broadly fits into the category of action movie <laughs> because Slim Pickens rides the bomb down at the end, I suppose. Window that, that or was... aisle seat? And I understand oh. it's a private plane, but window... <laughs> Always the window, because I like to see where I'm going. Okay, good. Favorite smell? Favorite smell is gardenia. Or tuberose. Love gardenia. My mother loved a gardenia corsage. Oh, see. Yeah. I'm not your mother. Or what's the other one? Or if tuberose, which smells sort of like a gardenia. Tuberose? Yeah, tuberose. I don't know. I'm not familiar. Well, you should familiarize yourself. <laughs> Something. Do you have perhaps a book I could buy that would familiarize <laughs> me with the tuberose? No, I have a tuberose. I'll send you some tuberoses. I'm going to hold you to okay, that. Okay, I'm going to send This them. time of year, I'm not going to get a tuberose, am I? Yeah, I might, I might be able to find some. Okay. Least favorite smell? Least favorite smell? Uh, rancid garbage. Yeah. Streets of New York. What? <laughs> now, what is the difference in the smell between rancid garbage and that liverwurst sandwich you were describing? <laughs> Depends on the liverwurst. Depends on the liverwurst, okay. What's the most used app on your phone? Most used app on my phone? That's, you know, it's silly. It's like the New York Times. It's not silly. It's a newspaper of record. Yes, that's it. It's all the news that's fit to app. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Oh, that's really hard because I have both. Okay, well, yeah. But I think I tend towards the cats. <laughs> you get only one song to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? Oh, it would be maybe Telemann or Bach or something, something. Uh, There's a lot of Bach. You gotta know, narrow it down. Something Baroque. Okay. Uh, something, something Baroque. Okay. Goldberg okay? variations. Maybe. Okay. Hmm. What number am I thinking of? <laughs> 3,244. No. <laughs> Martha Stewart, describe the rest of your life in five words. Beautiful, uh, exciting, curious, um, long, <laughs> futuristic. Martha, you are fully known. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.